welcome everyone to, to Nano's Indie Cafe, the show where we discuss and promote various indie games and indie projects. We're all about helping the indie community grow. Uh, if you have your own indie game or indie project, make sure you stop by sometime, talk and discuss about your game, promote, plug the link. We want to help uh, indie games succeed, whether it be a, a video game, uh, comics, a board game. Or maybe an indie food truck. I'm still waiting for that opportunity. You know, indie food truck, call me. That would be exciting. Yeah. So today, I, I, oh, I, we do this at twitch.tv slash, twitch.tv slash now here, Wednesday food Friday, typically at 2 p.m. MST, Arizona time. And today I have my first like board game guest of like the podcast. Well, welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me today, man. I'm really excited. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure thing. So my name is Zach Kuntz, and I am one of the co-founders of Corrosive Games, a small publishing and design company. We do both in Arizona. uh, We're actually launching our first game, Fate of Ventera. It's a war strategy game, kind of modeled after video games and board games alike. So it kind of puts the best of both worlds together. And we're going to be launching it this Saturday, the 29th. Um, at a disclosed time to our email list people. So sign up for that and get to know when it first goes live. Well, you mean past Saturday. Sorry? For people who listen to audio on uh, YouTube, uh, the, the oh, yeah. Saturday okay. that... <laughs> for you people listening later, it was Saturday. The 29th. Yeah, what were you people? Why didn't you show up? Yeah, come on. What? You missed the party. <laughs> yeah, this goes, the audio version goes up uh, Wednesday, and then the YouTube version goes up a week later. So. Oh, okay, nice. That little says I'm so. How long did. When did you first get into board games? Because I know I, I, I've only really gotten into them like mm-hmm. recently, but, but did you grow up playing a lot of board games? So, I mean, I grew up like any other kid, like playing Monopoly and Risk and really? Uno, Mon- you know, Monopoly just the normal does not, stuff, right? Monopoly does not count. But how does Monopoly not count? Every family has played Monopoly. That is, whenever I talk to people and I say, hey, do you like board games? They're like, Monopoly? Yeah, <laughs> so- that, but that's what bothers me. Like when p- p- people think board games, they think Monopoly and they don't take them seriously. You know, you know what though? I think with the um, with Catan when it got really popular, uh, people started actually associating games more with that type of game too. Uh, while it does include, you know, the same amount of luck concepts, the same amount of social concepts. Do you like Catan? I do enjoy Catan, not uh, so much Tyson anymore. Tyson doesn't really. I think I think after I started getting into more deeper. Um, strategically value um board games i think Catan kind of was like oh i went i went back to it recently and i was like man this is so random <laughs> uh his complaints is that's like like very dated i guess i don't know i think that what makes it really better is the cities and knights expansion that really i think i could play i can play that one for sure I've, I've never played Catan. Oh, you've never played it. I'm. I, I've only been playing board games for maybe like a year or two. So you know. Well, 
I mean, and I live far, so if I want to play games with friends, you know. Well, I'll have to bring it sometime. Okay, cool. We'll have to play it. <laughs> and you can tell me what you think about it. Yeah, but so, like, whenever I take a lift, uh, the lift uh, driver asks, like, what I'm doing, and I'll typically say I'm playing board games, and be like oh like monopoly <laughs> and then i kind of have to explain it it's a bit more than <laughs> monopoly they just say like monopoly and you're like sure whatever <laughs> i don't know we're i'm going to a monopoly party what can i say a bunch of us can so, get together playing monopoly. can i make a confession yeah i've never played a full game of monopoly You've never played a full game of Monopoly? And I'm not sure if I play a partial game. I, I mean, I, I, really? I, 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 I've seen the board. I don't even know how to play Monopoly. Man, like I've, you I've, jumped, I've seen people play it, but... You jumped straight into the deep end then, <laughs> didn't you? Wait, I, I play Scrabble. I think before. I saw you buy, like, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. That game is so complicated. And I still haven't so played it. pieces. I mean... <laughs> But then the next, then the next, and it took us like four hours to finish. The next little like uh, adventure in board game day, I'm gonna ask like Steven if he wants to like play it because I think he knows how to play it. So, oh, okay, yeah. And and those like board game days, they go long, it it goes from like noon to 2 a.m. It's like my favorite like board game night event. So, (laughs) I mean, full day event at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's, that's the time I can like really like play board games. But do you yeah. find you have that problem finding people to play board games? Like board games isn't as an accessible as a hobby as say like video games. At least in my I opinion. Think, yeah, I think the more I've gotten into the board game community, definitely the more conventions I've gone to, the more um, groups I'm a part of, the easier it is to find people because there's. I mean, board the board gaming groups are so supportive of each other. Like somebody's like, "Hey, we're going to do a game night," and everybody's immediate is like, oh, "Okay, let's do it." Or uh, I don't know if I can make it. And you know, if people are going to come, they generally come. And I think that when you go to a convention too, there's a lot of uh, what happened. I was playing this. I, I met these random people because I just walked up and I was like, "This looks like a cool game." You guys got an open seat. So I played with them and then afterwards they were like, hey, you know, we'd like to invite you to like our game night that we do um, actually game day on Saturday that they do like the first of every month. And they were like, yeah, you should come check it out. What's your email? We'll go ahead and email you updates. And where was it? It was the, at AZ Game Fair that no, I met No, the game day they invited you to. Oh, um, it's at some college campus i haven't been able to go yet oh just because, okay okay i was like yeah. is it the same one i was talking about because no. that's also on saturday first yeah I'm i know sorry. everybody wants to do one on saturday first, actually my problem is i have to pick and choose which game days i want to go to because <laughs> there's just so many that people want to do on saturday so as long as you're searching for the group as long as you're searching for people to play board games with, you'll definitely find it. There's a pretty big market, and it's definitely at, growing. At least in like Arizona, I, I I don't know what's like in the in like other states, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Arizona's so spread out; everybody's so far away from each other. And the yeah, fact that yeah. they still drive miles to come and play board games 
at like you know somebody's house is crazy well well i i don't drive i have to lift and you know mm, those lifts start to add up after a while yeah you lift yeah <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I've been going to the gym. Yeah, too. I lift, bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't you see? Oh, you, you, I, I saw yeah. that recently. Yeah, when I saw you, I was like, "Wow, he, he's getting buff." I mean, <sighs> there we go. So yeah, I think. Sorry, we got a little sidetracked. Um, my like I said, getting into the, the, board the, games. Was... <laughs> the, this is uh, a conversation, so feel free to get sidetracked. So right for sure. Well, I'd like to finish answering the question. Yeah, okay. I think me getting into board games, it started like that. And then I kind of, I met some people, uh, Nate actually, who is actually the other co-founder of Corrosive Games. And uh, who? we were... Oh, 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 you, you, uh, co-partner? Yeah. Co-partner, yeah. Co-pilot. Um, we, uh, he kind of invited me to a game night and... I started going and realizing like there are so many other games that are so much better than the mainstream games that are out there. Like the games you find in Walmart. However, there are a lot more like cool games that are going out on Walmart or in like Walmart and target and stuff. Um, It's just, there's so much more depth and so much more like combining of mechanics and smaller games. Especially when you get into to, to those like miniature games, yeah, for sure. I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for packs. miniature games, even though I, I haven't played too many of them. But like Warhammer or something. I'm I'm, I'm t- talking even beyond like Warhammer. Oh, okay. There's like a ton. I I don't know if you, have you seen uh this ad? Uh, what is it called? It, it's it's uh made by a company called like Succubus Publishing. Hmm. I don't know. So it's like this, like the dungeon crawl, like JRPG, like oh, okay. miniature game. I, I I've been seeing ads for it a lot lately on my Facebook. I have me personally. I have not gotten into the miniature, um, like community that much. So I'm not really like that deep into miniature games because there's definitely. I mean, I have a bunch of them. I, I I just haven't played. Uh, I see. I'm, okay. I'm one of those people. I have a lot of games. <laughs> I, I I haven't played most of them. I'm I, mm. I'm trying to do better at playing them. That's why I, I, I'm yeah, sure. trying to go to these like game days and game nights more. Yeah, you know that was one of the things about our games. With our game was we could do miniatures, but it would just take up so much space, and we didn't want it to be a game that was just pretty to look at. We wanted it to be a game that was really fun to play. And like, I think that. I think that miniature games can sometimes people will buy them just because they look like the, they like the miniatures and they want to use them for something else and they totally don't play the game or they just take all the miniatures out and they're like, well, I can use these for anything. I don't even need to look at the game. And so that was one of our things like we want people to enjoy the game. Like it is a game that we spent a lot of time developing and we made sure that it is really balanced and it has way different gameplay than other people have done before. I mean... Even though it's easy to pick up, uh, you know, if you play it a lot, you're going to win. Sorry about that other game we played where I demolished you. <laughs> you, you, you I lost twice, man. I, I know. You, you, it's because you, you played me. You, you would think after the first time he, 
he would like take pity on me and I, let me win, man. No, you got you got to make the player feel good. They'll be more likely to back your game, man. I don't know. As like as we've been developing, the first time we played it with people, I went easy and I was like, oh, you know, I got to make sure to sit in the back and let them win. Oh no, you took my people. Why? How could I have stopped that? Oh no. <laughs> and then as it's been going, I'm just like, you know, what? I don't care. I'm. I'm getting really good at the game finally because it's taken me a little bit of time because there's just so many different there's there's different types of mechanics that you need to get used to. Um, but like I've finally gotten good at the game and I'm like, I'm gonna be good at the game. I I'm done letting people walk all over me. People still end up having fun, even though they're like, you totally demolished me. But I, it's just I don't know. It becomes boring letting other people win. Yeah. So, so do you think as a designer is it like bad to let your playtesters win or lose like for when you're out playtesting it you know i think that when you're out like promoting the game at convention and, and people play testing it and mm -hmm. trying it out so i had mixed um i mean not mixed uh views on that but like I had one person say to me, they were like, I'm glad that you won because that means that since you've played it a lot, you like it shows that it's a skill based game. Since you've played it a lot, it means that you are able to take advantage of the mechanics in the game and win the game. He said if he would have won, he would have been like, how is that possible? Is it randomness? Like I would have assumed that I was going to lose because I haven't played the game before. And this is one of the designers. And so, oh, okay, that was kind I, I, of. I, I, I can see that point, but I can mm -hmm. also see because like, you also want your game to appeal to the general audience too. Mm -hmm. For and sure, yeah. People who don't play, that... play board games, so if if they like lose because they probably don't understand how games when... work or how development works, they might just skip, yeah. piss off, and leave and not like check out your game. With people that don't play games a lot, we normally just let them play. We don't play with them. We're like, you guys figure it out. You guys are all first-time players. You figure it out. And then it kind of, although it ends up being more of a safe game, because everybody's sitting in the corner and they're like, I don't want to attack him because I'm not really sure how this works yet. And I don't want to do this because I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. You know, it kind of, it, it lets them learn the game. And so that's one of our things. If if people aren't comfortable playing the game that much, generally I'll sit in the back. If, if I'm playing, I'll sit in the back and I'll just kind of show them, you know, what you can do if you've played the game a lot, like how you can develop your, you know, little town, like all of your different structures and all of your different um, units quickly and effective, efficiently be, by using the game mechanics. And then they kind of are like, at the end of the game, even though I didn't completely take over their fortress and completely destroy them, and I was just sitting over in the corner, at the end, they'll be like, yeah, I really understood it. And I can see that if you play more, you get better at it because I can see what you did over there and how you have this giant colony. But so, I mean, that is definitely a way to play nicer. And there's definitely some factions in our game that benefit more from being left alone than they do from attacking. So, uh, what's your approach for like teaching people's 
people in your game like how much like yeah. information because your game's like semi complicated. Yeah, uh, d- d- depending how experienced someone's at board games, so you don't want mm-hmm. want to like overload them with information. So generally, when we're explaining the game at conventions mainly, because that's the place where you'll be teaching new people that have no idea who you are. And they're like, I don't know, some crazy guy asked me if I wanted to play this game and it looks cool, so I guess I'll sit down and play it. Um, Generally, I'll just, we start from, okay, here is the general idea of the game. You are going for victory points. It will go 10 rounds. Everything that is a diamond is a victory point. So if you have those, you have more victory points. And that's generally pretty easy for people to understand. From there, we go, what is each round going to be? What is it going to look like? And since all of our rounds, you are able to do the same things each round. It doesn't change round by round by round, although your strategy can change. Generally, we'll be like, okay, this is what happens in one round. We'll go through all of our different actions you can do. And then we'll be like, all of these extra pieces will come up later when things happen. So you don't have to worry about them right now. You just go ahead and take your first turn. And then everything on the card says exactly what you do. So we just kind of let them get used to the game a little bit before we start telling them a little bit more about these other things that happen later. So when I'm like uh, playing a Mm -hmm. game for the first time and the person's like teaching it to me, um, I'm like half paying attention. Oh, okay. Most of the time, I'm just zoning out because I like learn better from like doing mm-hmm. and like learning. Right, for sure. Yeah, we channel entire. I think the best thing to do is just keep your explaining down to a minimum. If you can show people on cards, like, hey, this is what this does right here, and if you can actually show them kind of examples on what happens, it gets a little bit of the play across, and then just let them jump in, let them start playing the game. Uh, it's not like a rule book where you read through the whole entire thing and then you're like, okay, I understand the game. I'm ready to play. It's more of, hey, let's figure out the game as you're playing it. Because that's the most exciting for people, especially at conventions when you have people that are like, I, I mean, I got something else to run to, so I'm not really sure if I can stick around. They're more likely to stick around later if they're already playing the game and they understand it as they're playing it than if you're like, okay, let me just explain for 30 minutes kind of how the game's played. <laughs> so I... I think it's a chance to ask you earlier, but uh, what, what are some of your favorite tabletop games? Hmm, I really... So the funny thing is, I'm making a strategy game, a war game, but I generally like the more dice and card-based games. Like, um, Valeria is like a, a game where you have different people you can recruit and they have numbers on them and then you roll the dice and you get, you know, the effects of them if you roll the right dice. Um, I like, let's see, I'm trying to think. I've got, I've recently started playing Blood Rage a lot and I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I just ended the other day with like almost 200 points and I'm like, what? That's crazy. Nobody else enjoyed that outcome, but uh, (laughs) I did. Pretty fun game. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Have you had a chance to play it yet? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I definitely suggest it. It's a really good game. And it's not too difficult to get. It has really cool miniatures, too. So <gasps> if, you, if you're a miniature well, guy, well, I, I'm definitely I, take a look at I, that. I, I think I might have Because how you're describing it, I might have seen pictures of it before. Mm-hmm. It's a Viking game. 
Viking so, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And then I really like um, Pandemic too. Um, the, 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 I was playing. The, that was the actually Legacy the, the first like real board game I actually played. Oh, really? It's it's. I'd say it's more of a mainstream game now too because I'm starting to see it at other bigger retailers. But it's just. It's fun because it's got that interaction, but at the same time, it's not too complicated. You're trying and, to wipe out a virus. And I think it kind of gives a general scope of what like board games can be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, generally, when people think of board games, they don't think cooperative board games. And that's one of the bigger cooperative board games. And so it's kind of bringing that type of game into the spotlight a little bit more. So do, do you prefer like cooperative games or games you compete against people i mean i i like both of them i'm not gonna say that i like cooperative games more though because you know at some point it's fun working with other people um but some of them tend to follow the same trends like when you're playing a cooperative game, you're like, oh, this is exactly like this other cooperative game. Just because there's there's mechanics in them that make it work so that every player has a say, and that generally just gets put into the game, like every cooperative game. Yeah, I think one of my favorite uh, cooperative games, besides like the Power Rangers board game, uh, is okay. I think you were talking about that. I've never played it though. It, it, it's f- 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 fun, mm. but I, I guess it could be, be a bit too easy. Though I haven't played on the more like difficult mode. So, but oh, okay. one yeah, that's sure. like super difficult but like fun is the the XCOM board game. Interesting. Okay, I've seen stuff about that, but I haven't played it yet either. And no, I mean, what's interesting about it <clears throat> and how my friend like Noah explains it uh so <laughs> co-op games has that um issue where other people will be playing the game for the other players mm-hmm. you, you always have that like one one person yeah that one person that knows more about the game so they're like and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that <laughs> XCOM fixes that by because of the, the different like tasks you 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 you're too f- f- focus on your t- t- tasks to um move on to the to have the double play because if I remember correctly I think uh each like task has like a time limit and stuff so mm, okay interesting you know I ha uh I did play this one game it was this bomb game where you have like 10 minutes i think to disarm as many bombs as you could in order to pass or something and the way it worked was everybody has an individual uh little card in front of them where they have to disarm that card and it goes around in a circle so you roll your dice you put as much as you want on there and then you pass it to the next person they roll their dice and you keep going around so it's cooperative because you're all working against the clock so people can help you by looking at it but at the same time you have your own thing in front of you that you're trying to accomplish and you can do it however you want so i think i that was pretty fun actually and it had a time limit to it so it made it so that people weren't like sitting there like oh but if i make this decision then this and this and if i do this then this and this it was more of just like do the thing (laughs) people were just figuring out what they wanted to do in the moment so 
do, 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 do you like games that have time limits? <laughs> How do you feel? That game, yes. I can't say overall that I I can't say that I love games that have time limits because I, I don't play that many. There's not very many that actually have time limits. So th- this kind of brings up an interesting topic. Uh, there's yeah. certain types of certain specific games that that have like m- mechanics that like turn you off. Um, I think that a game that tries to be several different genres of games is turns me off because if it can't if you're playing it and it's like oh this is something that i struggled with at the beginning too with uh some of the trash games that i ended up making like they just didn't work out is we were like oh let's do a strategy game but it has a lot of luck involved and it's like how can it be a strategy game if it has a lot of luck you know what i mean um so it was just that didn't end up working out just because while pe- some people enjoyed it, it wasn't a strategy game. It was just kind of like a fun, like test your luck game. Um, I think that that's one of the things with like risk. I've grown to not really enjoy. I've risk never played risk that much. You've never played risk. I'm telling you, man, you've never played any of the classic <laughs> American board games. I've, I've played Scrabble. I mean, Sure, that could count. Hey, it's a uh, word if, association game. If Monopoly counts, <laughs> you you haven't played Monopoly completely. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, Scrabble, Scrabble will count. I mean, it's a good game. It's fun. Um, but yeah, like I've, in I've, Risk, I've, I've, you... I've played like Donald's Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Does that count? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's not okay. Yeah, sure, sure. It's a game, I guess. If uh, if going to the casino counts as as uh, gaming, then you're yes. not going to a casino. You're going to fast food, but you're basically playing the casino. Pretty much playing the luck. So yeah, I don't know. I I think that's one of the things that as I've gotten into more deeper content of board games is like games like Risk. You're kind of like. It's going to end up the same way every single time. Somebody's going to have um, a giant army at the end and they're just going to wipe everybody out. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's fun. But like, I want to be able to like plan my out, plan what I want to do, plan my outcome instead of kind of being like, oh, he randomly got some cards. Now he's got a giant army. Now he's going to take over the whole entire board. I guess we lose. So I think that newer games. I, it's it's interesting too because everybody seems to remember the classic games, but newer games have so like deep of like strategies and contents and different choices you can make that it kind of they kind of work. A, I mean, it's like anything; it's just been growing and growing and growing upon. It started with a base idea, which is good, but it's just been getting better and better and better. And and, and I think some people don't realize uh, they still make new board games. You know, a lot of yeah, people associate true. like board games with kids and think it's just that's a bunch true, of like yeah. kid games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if video games can be for everybody, I think board games can be for everybody. Yeah, but I think it, it's a lot difficult to get people to play board games than video games because you yeah, have to like gotta... sit down at a table and like board games is more of an I don't know if it's really more of an investment, it, it feels like more mm-hmm. of an investment, but. but 
video games you're playing for longer. I guess you know what though, video game board games just have a longer lifespan of play because you're not playing them as often. Video games you can play for a week, finish the whole entire thing, and you're done, right? But board gaming is more of a community event. It's more of getting people together, having fun together, and this game you can keep playing it because uh, you're not going to be able to play it for like ten thousand hours, you know, in a month. You're going to play it over the series of a couple of years. And so it just has more value in it. And also the pieces you're getting actual pieces that are like physical things, not just a virtual thing. I mean, you pay 60 bucks for a video game. You're getting a virtual world. Sure. But there's an end to it. It has a story. It has multiplayer that's going to go offline at some point. Right. You get a you get a board game. You're getting actual physical pieces in your hand something that actually has like value in its weight and uh you're getting something that you can play forever it's not like servers are going to go down for it you can just keep playing it yeah i i, I guess the p- point i'm um making if you ask like a, a general audience let's say we have a video game on the board game they're, they're mm-hmm. both like four hours okay and yeah. they've never played any of those. If you ask them which one they'd rather try, I feel like they'd rather try the video game versus the board game. Yeah. But I mean, why that is that? The, the, they take the same amount of time. Yeah, but video games are flashy. They happen instantly. It's boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, gosh, everything's just happening. And um, generally, uh, video games have actually gotten... While they've become more intuitive, they've gotten simpler too. Um, you know, you think back to um, video games like uh, World of Warcraft, where the inventory management and you had to know things about the game in order to be, you know, you it wouldn't walk you through it. You had to figure out these things. You had to, it was, it was a trek. It was a journey to figure out how to play this game, right? Now everything's like super you like user friendly everything's like oh you do this and you do this and you do this and we'll walk you through it we'll give you waypoints we'll tell you exactly where you need to go instead of wandering around um so they've just gotten they've gotten simpler while getting more intuitive it's just kind of a trade-off that's happened so to kind of uh go back to what we're talking about like Mm -hmm. mechanics uh, a game that has a mechanic that turns me off is Mm -hmm. magic maze Magic maze. So, what is the mechanic? Okay, you can't talk. Oh, so you're talking about like party mechanics? No, I've no, no, no. Like so, so uh, there's a game board. So mm-hmm. you have to uh, 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 escape the like dungeon or whatever, mm-hmm. and stuff. So you have to like work to together. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't talk, and, and each yeah. person has a ability that can move someone in a certain direction and stuff. So, so you can't. At least the mode I play, you, you can like. Uh, you can't talk to each other because yeah, you're there's different. There's different scenarios. I've only played a couple mm-hmm. of the scenarios, so so I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. With my anxiety, like you know, uh-huh. one of my things is party games where you have to do things so like it'll be like i don't <laughs> this might sound lame so like true for dare really enjoy them, but no like i'm talking about like board games where it's like 
uh, oh, you got this card, now you need to talk in this accent, or oh, you've got this card, now you need to do this thing. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to play a board game. <laughs> I don't want to have to do like weird activities in order to play the board game. So, I mean, I might make me sound lame, might make me sound like I'm just a party pooper, but I just don't enjoy those that much. So, when did you when did you know you wanted to make games? Well, so after I was doing going to this gaming group for our gaming night for, you know, a month or so, I was starting I was starting to see some of the mechanics and how they were being used and kind of like I could make my own game. That sounds easy, right? Not yeah. as easy as I thought it was. Games but... are easy. <laughs> games are easy. You just click I mean, the, I come make from... the, the make game button and it just spits out a game. Yeah. Well, I come from a creative family. We definitely like to invent, like we like to make things. Uh, my mom is, is writing a book or That's she's written cool. a book and she's writing a new one. And I just, my sister is an, is a graphic design artist. Um, so I'm, I was, was writing songs in high school, which is when I, around the time when I started thinking of doing board games and I was like, well, I like doing creative things. I can make a board game. That sounds like a lot of fun. So I started creating this idea on like, I was cutting out pieces of paper or printing them uh, super, super basic looking art and stuff. And I had some people play it and they were like, yeah, okay, it's cool. You made a game. Like they were more excited that I made a game rather than what the game was because it wasn't that great. And then I play. Uh, I sh- was like, Nate, you got to show. I, you got to see this uh, game that I came up with. And this is when I was actually putting on like cardboard, which was my premium quality premium. version of the game. I was like, I'm gluing pieces of paper to cardboard. Oh yeah, we're moving. Premium up the world. cardboard. <laughs> premium cardboard. You m- <laughs> yeah, from like you, cartons. <laughs> you must have got um imported overseas, man. It was it was the finest French cardboard I could get. <laughs> and so uh, I played it with him and or I showed it to him and he was like, this is we could make a game out of this, you know, clean it up a little bit because it's a little rough, but we could actually make a game out of this. And that's when I was like, are we actually going to make a game? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we like really got into it. We were like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We started coming up with different mechanics. We started showing it to people at the game night. and. Finally, we ended up like printing test copies that cost us like so much money and we printed way too many that we didn't even need and ended up just being a waste of money. But we printed like prototype copies and, you know, we got them in the mail and then we'd be like, oh, we need to change this. So we would need to print another one. And (laughs) so I'd say don't print too early if you're a new board gamer, like board game developer, print when you know that the game is done and then you print your your final like demo copies to show to people don't um, waste that ink yeah exactly for sure yeah the ink is precious save the ink yeah but but i find it's always it's always helpful to have like that creative partner that can help like bounce ideas and like push you and like encourage you oh yeah for sure it was so much imagine if, if, if like nate never like said anything uh-huh. you probably would have not made the game right yeah but I mean, I probably would have been working on stuff just because I enjoy making things. That's I just enjoy making things. I don't enjoy finishing things, but I enjoy making things. 
And so I, I, I'm, I was, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of kind of the, the opposite. I, I, I enjoy seeing the, the finished project. I, I don't mm. like all the steps required to get to the finished product. I see. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily like all the steps. I like creating things. So I already have so many other games that I want to make at this moment, but I need to contain myself. I need to be I'm working on this one game. I need to make sure this one game is perfect before it goes out. And so it's been a it's been a struggle. I I want to make more games. Yeah. I want to make new games. That's, I don't want to finish it. That's kind of my problem right now. I, I I'm working on so many projects at the same time. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah. technically one project, but I, I'm like trying to do the, the Twitch, the YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I might be making a blog slash website soon. So, Ooh. which <laughs> may actually come out t- t- tonight. So. Oh, cool. Okay, nice. Like, um, it, it's going to be a very basic, just so, I, like, when I go to cons, I can, like, interview, like, devs and post, like, an article on uh, on somewhere, so. Yeah, for sure. Nothing for sure. too flashy. Mm-hmm. M- maybe in the, the next couple of months, but I don't have enough time to make it flashy mm-hmm. at the moment, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's kind of... With the development, then we made that game, and and then we were like, I think we're done. And then we were getting ready to post it. We were getting ready to do all of our Kickstarter stuff, and we took it to a game night, and we played with some people that were like more our crowd that we were looking for. They were like, I want a strategy game. And we were like, perfect, yes. So they, they played it, and they were like, There's, I don't like it. And we were like, what? <laughs> because everybody before then was like, yeah, it's good. Um, but they were just like, it sucks. And we're like, what? Tell us more. Because we just wanted to make it a really good game. And they started explaining a lot of stuff to us. And we were just like, oh man, you're, you know what? Like, you're right. I mean, there's a time to listen to people's criticism and there's a time not to. And we really wanted to make it a game that people were like, when can I buy it? Like, when is this going up? I need to know. And it wasn't there. Uh, but we had tricked ourselves into thinking it was because it was our baby. It was, you know, the thing we were like, it's so precious. It's our first game. So we didn't want anything to be wrong with it. But when people are like, it sucks, we're like, what? That's impossible. <laughs> We've checked every angle. So after that, we scrapped most of the mechanics in the game and really? stripped it down. Yeah, we stripped it down to what we wanted it to be a strategy game. We wanted it to be a strategy game where you had several different options before all you had was only one option attack you had no other options and we wanted to make it something where you could choose different outlets to go you can quest you can get money you can go and attack people you can just hold on to your territory and wait it out till the end of the game and it we kind of opened up all these different avenues that we didn't even think we were like we need to stick to what it is a strategy game Get all, rid of all the ele- random elements. While they might be good, we were like, if we're going to remake our game, we want to make it a strategy game. So we want to get rid of random elements. And we were kind of looking at like RTS games, like, why don't we go ahead and incorporate different unit types that you can buy? And then we were like, what if we incorporated different structures that you can build that will upgrade your unit types and give you income per round? And that's where we got a lot of our ideas with RTS games like Age of Empires and StarCraft and games like that. And 
we we started we played the first version the very 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 rough with some of our friends and afterwards they were like this is so much better and we're like what <laughs> this is the roughest roughest version of the game and they were like this is great you should keep going with this idea so that's what we decided to do that was kind of our turn that was kind of the point with the decision we made to go with this new version of the game was when everybody was like this is better it was like okay i guess we got to do this so then we started just refining it and just trying to make it the best we could and finally we got to a point where we were playing it and we were at the end of it saying there's no changes we need to make and we'd ask people we were like please tell us anything you hated about the game you absolutely hated about the game we want to know if you hate it we want to know if you don't if you don't like this we want to know if this is unbalanced we want to know every problem you have with the game and we were getting a lot of people that were just like it's good like it's done it's great like when are you going to put it up because it's finished it seems like a it's a finished game i enjoy it and there's no changes i would make and so I mean, other than the people that lost being like, they were broken. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you're going to get that sometimes. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's tricky uh, getting feedback from, I guess, your, like, uh, follow base or even, like, friends mm -hmm. or family. Because yeah. sometimes... It's, they want to be nice. Because yeah. oh, it's not just that, that they may not be knowledgeable enough or no one enough to maybe point out what's like wrong so a lot, a lot of times you, you just get this is good this is good this is good mm -hmm. until eventually that one random person pops in and says this is terrible yeah exactly and i mean you know if if they play we had some people that would play it and they'd come into it and they'd be like i don't like strategy war games but i'll play it anyways and we're like you don't have to play it like if you don't like this type of game you're not gonna like the game like, if you did, I'd be really surprised because it's not your type of game. That's like people that are like in video games and they're like, well, I don't really like first person shooters. Uh, I hate them, but I'll give it a go. And then they play it and they're like, yeah, I don't think it's good. And you're like, well, duh, you don't like them. <laughs> well, and you're not, I think you're not in the crowd. cases like that, sometimes the friends like force them to. Yeah, for sure. I had a lot of people that didn't enjoy board games and they played my board game and then they'd be like cool and i'm just like well you don't like board games in the first place so of course you're not gonna be like wow this is amazing because you don't really like board games. so i'm not really those are those are the people that i generally am just like okay you know there's no real feedback there um you just it's just not for you that's fine and then it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be for everyone. That's the reason why there's so many different options out there. So uh, to, to talk about video games, why did you decide to make a board game on, and first instead of a video game? And do you ever plan to make a video game? I have ideas for video games, but I'm not a programmer. And I don't have the resources to do that. I don't have the connections yet to do that i have so many board game connections right now that i never thought that i'd be able to get and so it definitely seems more of a possibility to make a video game but i think for board games it's just more it's more manageable for me to do because i can take a first hand at like doing the art i can take a first hand at um making everything and actually since it's a physical thing i can 
have a hand in it. It's easier for newer people that like aren't necessarily necessarily like programmers or um, people that want to commit to that. It's easier for them to do just because it's a physical thing. So, you know, you have a video game, you're like, hey, download my video game. You have a board game, you're like, hey, I'll just bring over my board game and we'll play it. It's just so much more easy to reach out to people and kind of get that going. And especially at conventions, uh, having a video game at a convention, sure, you can get people to download it, but having a board game at a convention, you actually are there with them while they're doing it. Yeah, uh, board games had that like physical people um mm-hmm. interaction and i feel like, like i i like online gaming i think it's cool but, mm, but what yeah. if it, we've lost that like in-person communication yeah and i my my whole entire goal was like i want to combine i really like video games and i started getting into board games so i was like why not just make a board game that feels like a video game and so my next thing is why not make a video game that feels like a board game? <laughs> not a board game per se, but like something like like Civilization or something. That kind of, I mean, there is a board game for that and I haven't played it, but playing Civilization, you feel like you're playing a board game. Uh, I mean, do, if you like Civ, you'll like board games. Uh, do you plan to go to conventions outside of Arizona? I really want to. Um, the thing is, is just cost um, working a working a I'm not in a career sense, like not in a career job yet. So I'm not making enough to be able to go outside of the state as much as I want to, or take time off of work to go and do that. So I generally have just tried to do as many things in Arizona as I can, because it's more feasible. Um, I did get contacted by PAX South to do, to come to their convention with my board game and give it a booth. But I looked at their pricing and I was just like, sorry, it's just not feasible right now. So th- Next th- year, I really so want to go. They asked you to exhibit, but they still wanted your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, your game looks great. Why don't you go ahead and exhibit here? And I was g- like, g- give okay, a, g- sure. g- Give us money. <laughs> give us money, yeah. I mean, they're still a business. It's not like they're going to be like, hey, come and exhibit for free. <laughs> so... I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conventions that I'm following right now um, that I really want to go to. Uh, Some wh- that are like wh- 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 in which, Germany. Wh- what's what's on your list? I have CSW Expo, um, Gen Con, PAX. Uh, and, which PAX? Um, I, PAX I mean, Unplugged. I'll go to all of them if I want. PAX Unplugged might. My, my, uh, Pax Unplugged. Yeah, I think you were telling me. That's the tabletop one. But, uh, <clears throat> but the other Paxes has this unique advantage since the other um, Paxes are video game f- focus. Uh, there's a specific area for t- tabletop. Yeah. And, and there's not as many tabletop. Mm-hmm. advantage so, so not as much like competition and stuff you can yeah. you could stick out more so for sure and we've actually had a lot of video gamers that uh-huh. don't play board games that much say like oh i really like 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 this would be the game that would get them into board games just because it has that civ uh-huh. feel it has that rts feel the over the top of the um 
top view strategy type of game. And so they're like, oh, I've played video games like this. Like, it's not too hard to understand what you do. And it kind of opens up their possibilities like, oh, board games are actually pretty close to video games. It's just you're not downloading anything. You have the components. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, so. Some conventions that are on my list. So, so I'm going to be going to GDC next month. So, so if anyone mm. sees me at GDC, okay. come say hi. But uh, next year, I would like to go to DreamHacks, one of them. I I, I, I would like to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. I have not, no. Uh, it's more of a gaming one. But uh, okay. Level Up Expo is also on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I, I, I Dice ha- Tower. <sighs> Dice. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I also want to go to some like out-of-country events. Like I would love to go to like Gamescom, to Tokyo Game Show. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, Those ones are a little harder to get to, but uh, if you have... Uh, time set aside for that, then that would definitely be cool. Vacation and con at the same time, right? I mean, who could be that? Well, well for, for, for me, going to conventions is more for business than. I mean, yeah. That's one of the things I. After this game is done, I'll be excited to go to conventions just to look around and see what is there instead of. You know, hey guys, check out my game. Come on, check out my game. You know, because uh, going forward, I, I plan to actually like do coverage at conventions. So, oh, okay, like video coverage. Yeah, like video, like interviews and stuff. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think that there could definitely there. I think there can definitely be more of those in the board game community. And. And I mean, you do um, indie games too, like uh, yeah. interviews for the, indie games too. So I think what that's do you mean cool. too? That's like what I do. That I know. <laughs> you act like I'm doing. No, to no, I have just made your stream a board game stream. Okay, you're committed to one thing now. I can't even stream board games, man. Well, you better figure it out. That's what the people want now. <laughs> like I, I don't got the physical like space for it. That's the whole problem. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not sure if I mentioned it. I, I live with my parents, so. Yeah, yeah. You did tell me that. And, and I, you know, trying to convince my mom to let me turn her dining room into like a tabletop <laughs> streaming room. I don't, I don't know how well that's going to go over. Yeah, and, and then if I do in that room, there'll be a lot of background noise and stuff because it's like mm-hmm. an open room and stuff, so. Yeah, for sure, and, for sure. And p- people in my house tend to make a lot of noise. They're just stomping around. Pretty much. Yeah. Doorbell g- g- goes off, do? dog barks. Yes, that would definitely make a lot of noise. We, I used to have a dog that barked continuously for no reason. She'd bark at the, a fly buzzing around just because... And so I can definitely relate to that. I tried to do so many recordings because I, I do, um, I used to do a lot more music recording. And so I, I'd always be recording and then suddenly you just hear in the background, 
just a bunch of barking and you're like, oh my, oh, I got to start over. <laughs> so, so do you make a lot of music? Uh, are you like a m- musician? Yeah, um, I wanted to get into film scoring for a while. Ooh, I was actually looking at different cool. schools to go to. I know, right? Or like video game scoring, doing music for video games. And so I have a lot of samples that I put on a SoundCloud under my name. Um, but I just never ended up meeting anybody that I could do that with. And kind of, I've stopped doing that as much because so much of my time is being taken up working on this one thing. I I, I made a, a like SoundCloud. I, I only use it briefly. I only mm-hmm. put like one episode of the podcast. Mm. I, I stopped because like SoundCloud only gives you a limited amount of space, and I don't want to pay the like subscription premium for more space because yeah. there's no guarantee that like I would get like exposure from SoundCloud. So if it's not like it gave me exposure, there's no point of like having it. Yeah, yeah, for paying sure. the that makes sense. monthly like fee. So, I I used it mostly just for putting my music up and then being like, "Hey guys, look at my music." Well, well you, you, you even music shorter. I I do like a two hour podcast. You know that that's, that's true. That, yeah. that takes up most space. That's true. On SoundCloud, I think I've normally seen like three four minute podcasts. That's not a podcast. <laughs> it is if you talk really quick. Hey there, what's going on? My name is, you know. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs> I think I was seeing like one one minute reviews or two minute reviews of things. Okay, those, like, those um, are reviews, not podcasts. Yeah, that's true. It's a little easier to do a review. Yeah. So Pod- actually, I have I have a few questions for you. Okay. What did you think? Um, since I'm on here for the board game, I'm going to keep going back to that just because. But um, what did you think about the board game? Like, on, honest opinion of it. Uh, notes are coming out. Yeah, I got to oh, remember. Boy. It's been a while. Uh, I, I, got, I got notes of your game. You were a, a, a couple weeks back, so. That's true. We did play it a little while ago. Yeah, hopefully it's memorable. It's memorable. Uh, so I played it two times. The yes. first time I didn't like completely understand. There was like a lot of rules. I mean, and I think I was like zoning out. Like I said, mm. I do better uh, learning by, by doing. But the second time, I think since it was just two of us, I was able to go a lot uh, slower. Okay. You know, I, I think some of the strategy I don't still completely understand. Like attacking, I still haven't quite mastered. Oh, okay. I I, I understand the whole get get gathering posts and building up your resources and stuff like that. But the whole Mm -hmm. how attacking and how many troops and what direction I can attack to, I haven't quite uh, like mastered. But that's normal. I mean, it is a game that you get better at over time. So I got a question now. How many uh-huh. different like strategies have you? How many different se- strategies <laughs> have you seen? Like, have you seen a oh. 
since a lot of different people have played it, have you seen yeah. a lot a lot of different like routes people have taken? And, and how has that experience been seeing the different ways people have played? Like, have you been surprised? Oh yeah. Have, have like people done things in your game that you didn't think was possible? Um. Yeah, I've definitely been surprised by some of the things that people do, either for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, there's so many different strategies that I've seen. Like everyone who plays it plays it differently. And so, I mean, we've been in it. I've been, I've seen people like sit down and be like, oh, this is a defensive faction. Okay. I'm going to play them aggressively. And I'm like, okay. And then they end up winning and you're like, it worked. Like they just did it right. They knew what they wanted to do. They came into it with a goal and they accomplished that goal, you know? They'll be like, oh, this ability is meant for defense, but I think I could use it to my advantage for um, like holding territory offensively. And so it's just interesting to see the different strategies that people come up with just because there's so many different routes you can take. I mean, the factions themselves have upgrades that you can get and they're set. These are the different upgrades you can get, but it doesn't mean you have to use them how we intended them to be used. I mean, they can be used any way. Uh, you don't have to get one of them first or one of them second. You can get them in any order. Um, and just kind of just depends on what you want to do as the player. And so it's been really interesting to see different strategies. I can say, let me see if I can pick something out completely, like something that I had seen that was a little weird. Um, I'm trying to think. I've seen, I think the weirdest one was when uh, the white faction, uh, the order, they play, they, it was a two player game. So it worked a little bit better in that favor, in their favor. But I was playing against this guy and he completely demolished me. And that is interesting in itself because he just had a game plan going in and I was like, I'm going to win. I know what I'm doing, but he just knew what he wanted to do. And he grasped onto the concept really quickly. And so he was playing the order and they're generally sit in the corner, gain wealth. You have a lot of defense. So if people come up to your borders, you can pay for your defense and you basically just pay your way through the game. You pay to do things you pay, you know, just because you're making so much money. What he decided to do was he was like, I'm going to create a front line. And since I have defenses, I'll just build all my nice stuff in the back. I'll build a few buildings in the back because I don't want to spend time building too much. And I want to focus on pushing my opponent back. So he built some shrines in the back, got extra income from them. And then he got his defense and convert ability. His defense, he could just pay for it. So there was no reason for me to attack him because he had so much money. And then his convert, he just kept stealing my units from me. So, you know, he'd steal my units a couple times. And then he'd be like, all right, time to move on to the next territory. So he'd take one territory, and then he'd take one territory and one territory. And at some point, I was just in the corner of the board, and I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know, like, what happened. What I, I mean, there were things that I could have done to stop it, but I just had never seen that strategy before. So I was like, why would he do that? And he just ended up completely wiping me out. <laughs> so how did you do, like, game but balance all the different strategies and make sure like like yeah. all, all the different possibilities can like function and stuff mm-hmm. doesn't break 
Right. Um, just so much playtesting. I, I mean, this is a game that went through just hundreds and hundreds of hours of playtesting. We would give it to people and we'd be like, here you go. Go ahead and play with your friends and let us know if anything goes wrong. And then they'd come back to us and they'd be like, oh, by the way, when somebody was reading this, they didn't understand this. Or when somebody did this, we were like, how can you, is that possible? So we just clarify that and kind of balance things based on that. If they were like, oh, he bought this and it just changed the game completely. Then we're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we want. We want you to buy something and for it to influence the game, but not change the outcome of the game. And so it was just a lot of playtesting, a lot of little, little tweaks like, you have no idea like it's so balanced now that you change the income on something and it's like is that gonna is that too much like we changed it by one is that okay like it's just so finely tuned right now that it just works in every single aspect that you do and i mean some people afterwards would be you know early on in the phases they'd be like this is overpowered and we'd be like yes that is overpowered now it's like I mean, it's not overpowered, but I think that it does too much. And we're like, well, <laughs> if it's not overpowered, then, you know, he's just using it really well. The person is just using it really well. Oh, I do. So it was just a lot of playtesting. Remember, I think I wanted to talk about the uh, the mm. uh, pieces of your game. What was the process of, like, free printing that yes. publishing? Because you've gone through different versions. Because I don't know the most recent version I saw of the pieces uh looks a bit different than the version i saw at like game on expo Mm, okay yeah um well nate has been really cool about that he got a 3d printer actually when we started doing pieces like custom pieces and it was like perfect timing um so he started design uh he actually has been heading up the design on the different meeples that we're having the different fortresses the different structures, just everything. He's designed all the pieces uh, in a 3D render, and then we just printed them on his 3D printer, which made it really easy rather than going out and finding somebody to cut wood and paint wood for us, which would have been a different expense that we didn't have um, the option to use. So doing 3D printing was made it a lot easier. Cool. <clears throat> so to kind of talk about game marketing because i think that's mm-hmm. important how important do you think like game marketing is for your game for I- <sighs> any like game i it's oh important not marketing not like ads what you might think marketing but like community building you need to build a community around your game you need to get that face time with your with um people and I, it just seems it's it's hard. It's hard to get out there and like force yourself to actually meet people and tell them about your game and get them to join a list to just get updates because especially if you're just starting off, yeah. nobody and, knows and, who you and are. Especially if you, if you don't live in an area that has a lot of like accessibility. Yeah, for stuff. sure. So um, there's a lot of uh, online communities you can join. I think Reddit there's a design a board game design community and i've been a part of that and i mean i wish i would have gotten onto that sooner there's so much good feedback you can get if you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of definitely check that out it's like slash uh tabletop design or something and it's 
it's really good. And also um, just reaching out to um, like reviewers or podcasts or um, videos like that. It also builds community. It's not necessarily, even though you might be paying for it, if you're doing a, it, it builds the community a little bit more because they're actually seeing the game played and seeing like if this is something they want to do and if they want to support you i'd say do that really soon like build your community you want to have a really good email list to go off of so to talk about i guess like content creators how how did you decide which because you don't have like a limited number of like prototypes and like review copies Mm -hmm. you can send how did you decide which content creators to send to uh whoever got back to us <laughs> so <laughs> for board games when you say to somebody hey i have a new war strategy game they're like i only play euro games and you're like okay sorry to bother you and they're like i'm not interested but if you're uh and that's if you're a smaller um like designer they're like i don't want to take a risk on this because they don't like that type of game but um there were some people that got back to us. Um, we we're actually going with uh, Game Boy Geek for our preview video. And that was one of our uh, bigger expenses. And he uh, was really awesome about that. He actually was working with us a year ago. And when we thought we were going to send him another game, and we were like, oh, sorry, we just realized we need to rework it. <laughs> out of the blue and so we were like how like we don't know when but can we tell you you know when we figure out and he was like yeah sure thing like i'd like to do it for you guys so just let me know so i can fit it into my schedule and so he was really good about that um unfortunately just some of the other ones some of the other people they have so many requests coming in that they just kind of are like either you do it now either you get back to me sooner either you know it doesn't, they're not willing to work with you to figure out when the best time would be. That's more of you have this option. So he was really good about that. He really worked with us about that. And he's actually local. He lives in Arizona. So yeah. I yeah. might have to check him out. What did you say his name was? Game Boy Geek? Game Boy Geek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our, our, uh, pre, our, the preview for the game will be going up on our launch day. So, so who's uh, covering your game that you can talk about? Um, we've mostly just done local people. We don't have, this is something that I, I regret now. I wish we would have had more people outside of, um, outside of just the local community reviewing the game and taking a look at it. Yeah. I, I don't, it may have been easier I, if we I, went I, to conventions I, out of state. I don't know any little like, uh, board game content creators like personally i know of some mm-hmm. but i don't yeah like similar one the ones i really like and it'd be cool if they cover your game is like mm-hmm. sit up uh shut up or sit up and down Sh- shut up and sit down yeah. yeah yeah them we tried to get to them um they didn't really our type of game they didn't really seem interested in so that was one of the things um if you're going to be a first time developer, make a fun party game that nobody really has to think about. And that is, has Euro game aspects because people will jump all over that. They'll be and like, I Oh, don't think sure, it's, I want to play that. I, I don't think it's these content creators like, uh, 
uh, fault that they get like a lot of requests. So you, mm-hmm. they do have to pick and choose. And also a lot of them are doing uh, this for, for, for the living. And, you know, it, it, it can be tough monetizing in YouTube yeah, and stuff. YouTube's mm-hmm. always changing, you know, it's algorithm. It's, it's hard to like keep up, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, we just, we got some people that were, you know, kind of hot and hot, uh, kind of cold, like what, hot and cold. And uh, we wanted to do Dice Tower, but unfortunately they never, they never got back to us after a certain uh, amount of time. We did talked you to like, them. I, I don't know how like ethical or how, but did you, cause it isn't like the Tice, uh, <clears throat> uh, Dice Tower convention going on right now. Did you like consider asking some friends to like pitch to content creators for you while you were there? No, um, I. I'm not going to that, but I mean, it no, might be a but, good idea to tell people, ask people to bring it with them. That's why I was saying, but like people that you knew that were, were, were like going, you know, I, I, I know like conventions have like policy, but they could like, like have it with them and then like me up with the content creator somewhere or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that would be really cool. I'd be, I'd be all, I'd be down for that. Um, it might be a little bit too late because our Kickstarter is already going to be going up soon. But for future ones, I'm definitely going to try to go and meet them in person and actually like pitch my game to them in person and build yeah, a connection. Because I feel like you might have a better chance if you're in there in like person because there's more of a pressure in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I agree. So well, it's, it's all a learning process. All the time. Yeah, I think like with like bookings in particular, it's a lot harder to get content creators to cover it because it's physical. Like uh, with yeah. with um video games, those sites like Indie Boost and Keymail, where like content creators yeah. can request game keys from that is... from, from developers, but yeah. I don't know how possible it'd be. For there ever to be a board game, uh, unless that website's willing to pay f- for the cost cost of the uh mm-hmm. re- review copies, so that the designers don't have to worry about paying that cost. You know, I think that the way to do that would be um, at in person when um you just bring a camera with you. And you're ready to play a game and review it at a convention. I think that'd be the way to do it. It make it would be a little um, different, and I haven't actually seen that before. But I think that that um, would be an interesting um, kind of way to handle, you know, just getting quick reviews out there like that, and just reviewing many different games um, at a convention after you've just played them. I think that'd be an interesting option. But it is a little it is a little tougher for board games because you actually have to mail it to them and then they have to read the rules and video games it walks you through it right at the beginning. It's like, okay, here's the tutorial mission and you know, 
this is kind of what you're going to be doing. And, you know, it's a little easier to film than it is to set up a whole entire board game and film all the components and talk about it because, you know, uh, instead of just watching the game, you have to be engaging. But people who uh couple board games already have a setup you know so oh yeah I, for I, sure I, 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 obviously you're gonna go for people who've already covered board mm-hmm. games right another yeah. another type of people you could uh reach out uh uh bloggers and people who have websites people who write about board games instead of making mm-hmm. videos yeah yeah that is true um that's another thing. I wish I would have reach, reached out to those people more too, because there are a lot that I did not know about until. I mean, recently. I, I, you say it's too late, but really, it, it it's not too late. It's not going to hurt because it's it's not like your Kickstarter is only one day. It's going. Uh, yeah. How long is the campaign period? Um, thirty-five days. So, so if if you reach out and they're able to cover within that thirty five days, that could help. You know, it, it that could yeah it doesn't like hurt. You know, yeah, definitely the first couple of days of a Kickstarter really make or break it. Um, that's what I've heard. So I've I'm trying to line up everything at the beginning of the Kickstarter so that I can not worry too much about it at the end. So but, from what I, I've seen in Kickstarters, a lot mm-hmm. of backing happens at the beginning. And at mm-hmm. the end, yeah, it's yep, it's that right. like middle part. So, yep. so if you could find a way to make that middle section stronger. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. I'll definitely. I'm. I mean, I'm always looking around for different options. I'm always trying to reach out um, to people to cover mm-hmm. the game. I, I, I wish I knew some tabletop people. <laughs> like, like I, I don't have as when when it comes to like content creation, I don't have any like tabletop content uh create the, the only connection i've had i have is blanket term and the, the, mm. they've covered your game so they have yeah we were on their stream one day yeah so that was fun well, 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 no, 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 not you but uh i wasn't nate. yeah the other nate was <sighs> couldn't, like couldn't make it i was at a, somebody's wedding so <sighs> wedding <sighs> come on right i know right it's, could have gotten married any other day. <laughs> so, are you using Facebook ads? Do you think they help? Um, actually, I was doing that right when, um, right when you started calling me. I was starting to set up some Facebook ads. So. No, it's fine. I, I, I'm just doing it. Wait, um, wait, you doing your Facebook ads this late? Yeah, so that's an interesting thing about board games is uh, you don't want to build, you want to build a community beforehand, but you don't want to build your ad hype until later, like right before your Kickstarter. Because if if people are clicking on the ad and they're like, Ugh, it's not up for another two weeks, they might forget about your game. So you well, want to. Th- th- that's why you send them t- t- to the newsletter. Because I, right. I, I, I have talked to one. This is designer about this so i i haven't talked to, to a whole lot but uh i talked to the one the people involved in making um moon rakers and mm-hmm. th- th- they did, did say that the ads did help a lot yeah for sure and, 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 and i remember like seeing the ads like months and months 
before the Kickstarter yeah. launch and like having it like direct to the newsletter and have people yeah. sign up and making sure like the newsletter gets sent during the Kickstarter launch. I I think like really helps. That's just my opinion. Like I'm no developer designer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I I've seen some different um, approaches to it. Either doing it really far in advance, or just boom, bombarding right away, um, right before the Kickstarter. We decided to go with the latter because we uh, it's there's just been a lot of stuff. We we would have done ads sooner, but um, there was a lot of stuff that came up that just prohibited us from doing it. But so we're going with the second route. We're going with the bombarding all of the ads at once and getting a bunch of people in a short amount of, uh, like spending more to get uh, just a large quantity at one time and keep that hype going. So we've been doing a lot of, um, I've been doing since I run most of our ads and most of our social media, I've just been putting the word out there everywhere as much as i can putting it as uh as often as i can since it's so uh close and then just hopefully um it'll be you know you'll just see it everywhere so so you you mentioned before you you have a uh partner nate how did you guys meet how has that like relationship evolved uh-huh. so we actually met at um at our local church um and we both went there so i mean we just connected that way uh that was when i found out he had a a board gaming group and that was when i ended up going to his board gaming group it was pretty soon like it was pretty pretty quick because he was just like hey i have a game group math uh my brother actually was going to it before me and so i was like okay cool i'll um come check it out so that's pretty much how we met it was pretty quick. <laughs> and how, how does your uh, working dynamic because uh, it can be kind of difficult and risky working with friends. Yeah, so I mean, one of the good things is we just we know what we want to do. We talk about our goals very often. We're actually right. We've uh, written up contract since we're both going into a business together, we've written, we know what we, what we want to do at certain times, you know, if certain things in the event of unfortunate circumstances happening, we know what's going to happen. So we just went through and planned all of that out. Definitely. I think the risky thing would be if you go into a business with somebody else and you're like, we're just going to have fun. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, Cause I'm you're cool. I'm cool. Let's just do it. No, 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 no don't do, don't mm. do that. <laughs> Because I, I may be going into a business with a friend and I'm like mm-hmm. nervous about it. And I don't I, know. Maybe I should talk to a lawyer, but I, I, that costs money. So, you know. You you should definitely figure out what or ahead of time and gonna do, how you're going to split income, how you're going to split, um, what is it, uh, work duties. Kind of just have everything set up ahead of time. Yeah. You want to make sure and, that and you have your... You want to make sure everybody knows what's expected of them. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I don't want, 
I'm trying to be careful how I word this because she does watch the streams. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but she's she wants to like start it sooner than later. Uh huh. But I want us to take our time. You should. Um, she would like to have it ready by GDC, but I know that's not going to be an option. Mm-hmm. You know, you I, should take your time, but at the same time, don't take too much time. Because I think that I think that being in a partnership together, you can jump into that. But being business partners is a different thing. Content creator partnership, people do that all the time. Featuring whatever, featuring whatever. It's a partnership. They know they're going to get views and they know the other person's going to get views and they're going to exchange followers, right? I think for business partnership, that's more of we have this one thing that we are going in together on and this one thing is both of ours. And so I definitely think you should, you should take the time on that. But if you don't do it, it's not going to become something. It's not going to become yeah, reality. Yeah. The longer you wait, the more excuses you make and mm-hmm. the higher chance yeah. you have of it yeah. not happening. I mean, I, I could talk to you about it in more details, like off stream. I don't want to like give stuff yeah, away. For sure. But, uh, what's the, So what's, and I, I, we're getting close to like wrapping up. So if anyone has mm-hmm. questions for Zach, make sure to ask them in the chat. But what's something you want people to take away f- from your game? That I want them to take away from the game? Yeah. Um, is that a, <laughs> let me see. I'm trying to think what I want them to take away from the game. I want them to enjoy themselves. First of all, I want them to have fun doing it. I I think that I'd like it if. Hmm. That's a tough question. I, I, I caught you off guard. <laughs> you did. You did. I was, I mean, uh, is it like a certain mechanic? What do I want goes, them to oh, take away so from it? So, an experience, like mechanic-wise or like experience-wise, both. Okay, you know, pick what mechanic-wise. I'd like them to take away the fact that you can make, still make nuke mechanics. You can still make things that are unique. You can because there's a lot of games that just are copy paste, copy paste with a different theme, and so I think that. I would like people to be like, wow, this is an interesting mechanic that's implemented in a different way and it's different from other games. And so it's still possible to make new mechanics in game, make different types of games from other games while also keeping things that make it easy to play it that come from other games. And then also experience wise, I'd like people just to have fun. I mean, it's all about board games are all about community board games are all about meeting up with somebody else and and, kind and, of and spending that tables. time together and flipping tables exactly <laughs> getting so upset that you flip the table but just having that experience of uh playing a game together just that community of meeting up together and so i think that I just would like people to enjoy themselves but also after they play to be able to be like there is other things that I can do with this game. Like there are other things that I can do in this game or there is, I could play it better or I could play it this way or I could do it this way. I just, it's honestly, 
the reason why we left it so open-ended on strategy-wise is because we want people to just be able to make it their own game. I would love it if after the game launches, after if it gets successfully funded, hopefully it gets successfully funded, if people come to me and they're like, hey, this is this new strategy that I'm trying and, you know, you got any, you know, suggestions on it and I'm just like, what? What are you doing? Why would you do that? How does that make sense? And so I, I would love that. I would love it if people came up with their own ideas of how to play different things and their own ideas of, you know, how they can make the game work for them. I think that'd be really cool. So, so uh, <clears throat> one question I forgot to kind of touch on. How did, oh, yeah. did you uh, calculate the funding and Kickstarter costs? Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you mean you I mean, don't you just... J- you basically just start from the beginning. So how much is it going to cost for getting it from the manufacturer? How much is it going to cost for the manufacturer to set up plastic molds? Because those have setup costs. How much is it going to cost for it to get to you? How much is it going to cost for it to get to, for from the uh, freighting company to your fulfillment company that's going to send it out to backers? How much is it going to cost for backers to get the copy? And then how much do you want to sell it for afterwards? Because if you sell it for less after the Kickstarter, people are going to be really upset about that because they backed your project and now you're like charging other people less even though they didn't back it. So you price it lower during the Kickstarter and you price it higher for MSRP. So we really, um, we're not going to be making that much. I think all we did was calculate all of that. And off the top, we're barely going to be making anything per game because we want to keep that price down for backers. And we want to just get the game out there. For me, it's more of just people being able to play it. It's it's really cool getting an idea out there that you've made and having people just have it. I think that's cool. And so we calculated all of that. We calculated how much Kickstarter takes, how much uh, the transaction, the Stripe is the thing that Kickstarter goes through and they charge, they're the people that charge the cards and they take a percentage off the top two. Took that all into account. And we then we did the numbers and we were like, okay, how much do we need to price the game for with all of this stuff taken into account? And we ended up pricing the game at a reasonable amount. Um, since we're not going to be really making anything off the top, I think we're coming out pretty even. Um, we priced it at 60 bucks for... Wait, this is an official... Oh yeah, this is official, but... I haven't told anybody about this yet. So you're getting insider information. Inside right now. information. I hope you guys Everybody's are ready. getting insider information right now. We're pricing the regular game for $60. And we're pricing the premium edition at $70. And the premium edition will have extra content in it, like new cards, new buildings, and uh, screen printing on all 113 meeples in the game. And so, nice. yes, so it's 10 bucks more, but you get a lot more. You're not going to get anywhere else uh, after the Kickstarter. And so uh, we 60 bucks for the for the base game, 70 bucks for the premium. And if you come sooner, if you are the one of the first 100 to back the game, you'll actually get it at a five dollar discount for the premium edition. So it'll be sixty five dollars. So 
it see it, it's competitive pricing comparatively to other war games that have a lot of pieces in them and this does have i mean you've played it it has a lot of pieces in it <laughs> so i mean you don't have giant managers but you know we we do not have giant miniatures no it's okay and one it's... of the things is uh there were two things that went into that price and then also i was reading this thing that was like um there's so many plastic miniatures that are being made in games that it's um like nobody's doing wood anymore and wood is just so much better for um the environment and i know you can be like whatever whatever well, whatever cares about. but it is it is better for the environment and on top of that it's lighter so yeah i still want my fancy major games i know i know i'll, I'll play <laughs> they are too. really cool i'll, I'll play they are really cool yeah that was one of our that was one of our things um was the the meeples uh Actually, making meeples is actually better for our game because we can do different shapes with them, and doing different figurines yeah, might I, I do think, look the same. Uh, the, the, the way your pieces are, that does work f- for your game, you know. Because mm-hmm. you can tell the difference between them, which is a really big thing in the. So, so. for our final question. Oh, the final question! <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it on. What what aspiring advice do you have for game designers? um go for it just do it just 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 do it into it yeah just do it do it make your dreams come true right um i think that one of the major things is people who have an idea have a game idea that they want to do and they just don't pursue it as much as they can now you need to know when you get into it it's a lot of work there's a lot of logistics that go into it if you're designing a game and then you're selling it to a publisher might be a little bit easier because you get to do the fun designing work but if you're designing and publishing there's so much work that goes into it so much time Uh, um, my uh problem is scaling like my 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 ideas can be ambitious and knowing like when or how to scale down like that is another thing every time i think i come up with a simple idea Mm-hmm. The idea evolves in my head more, and yeah. I would also say, if you're a new publisher, so many people told us ahead of time. So if you want to do it, like so many people told us, don't make a war game, don't make a strategy game for your first game. Um, it's good advice. We ended up doing it anyways. So if you're a designer who's doing that, just go for it. You know, whatever. If you have the means to do it, if you have the drive to do it, you can do it. But I'd say do a small game that is quick to play and engaging and different because if if your game takes two hours to play new people who have never heard of you are going to be like i don't have two hours to commit if your game takes 30 minutes to play people will be like 30 minutes yeah i'll just sit down and do that while i'm eating lunch or something so yeah if you can like build a uh loyal fan base Mm-hmm. from your first game it'll yeah. help with your second game and you, sure. you, you, you probably not always but you may be guaranteed your second game will get like funded if you already have that following f- from your first game exactly yeah i i totally agree with that and it's just 
I I have always been the type of person that when somebody tells me not to do something, I really want to do it. So when they were like, don't do a war game, I was like, I'm doing a war game. Well, That's what I'm doing. I'm not, doing that. Have they not seen the Dexter's Lab? I've seen Dexter's Lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell someone not to press the giant red button. Oh, yeah. They're going to sure. press the red giant button. That's what the red giant Duh. button's there for. To be pressed. So I guess my advice should be. I guess my advice should be make a giant war game because then people won't want to do it, and then they'll they'll make a a smaller game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, anything else you wanted to ask me or? Uh, well, I, 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 thank you uh, for joining us here. Uh, <laughs> where, where can people find you and all that stuff? Yeah, so people can contact us. Uh, they can sign up for our email list at www.corrosivegames.com. And corrosive is spelled with a K instead of a C. Uh, you can look up Fate of Ventera. It's F-A-T-E-O-F-V-E-N-T-E-R-R-A. Yeah, um, one of my posts, I actually misspelled your name. I forgot the T. Yeah, autocorrect always wants to change it. Because I didn't realize that the sword was a T. Oh, really? Yes. I, I, I thought it was just a sword. Oh, yeah. We were trying to be artistic and added a part of the title. Well, because if you're artistic, I, 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 I misspelled your name in my tweet mm -hmm. like weeks ago. So thank you darn for that. Art, darn being artistic, I know. And I feel embarrassed, I hope. I was like, I hope Zach doesn't get mad. I misspelled his name. I don't care. It's all right. I mean, people can just, if you look up Fate of Ventera on, um, in a Google search, we're the first people that pop up. Our game on Board Game Geek is the first one that comes up. So, well, I mean, check it out. who's going to be searching Ventera? Uh, Ventera is a, um, there's Ventera. If you look up Ventera, you're going to, real estate company in another country i think wait canada is like ventura like a popular word or something it is because it means um to come to the land or conquer the land or build on the land i think those are all like different kind of what it could mean oh, it's okay. just a combination of uh greek uh it, latin words it's a combination of latin words so and but our game means um, fate of Ventera basically means the fate of the land you're going to conquer. So you are deciding the fate of the land you're going to conquer. And we just could not pass up on the opportunity to make our game translation that exactly. Because that just sounds, I mean, that's, that literally sums up the game. You are deciding the fate of the land that you will conquer. That is the game. Yeah. And in my case, my total death. Did yeah, no, my total death. One day I'll beat you. One day, one day I'm 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 coming back. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, if you get the game, you should uh, get some practicing partners and meet up, and we'll uh, meet up on the basketball court and settle it. Yeah, I'll 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 play with Tyson or something. So yeah. thank you again for joining. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it and. I hope that you got a lot of useful information and the other people got uh, enjoyed watching. Yeah. And this has been Nando's Indie Cafe where we 
promote and interview different indies and try and give indies more exposure. We do this Wednesday for Friday at 2 p.m. Arizona time at twitch.tv slash here. Feel free to pop by and talk about your own game, promote and stuff. We want to help like indies do better and get more promotion. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.